0: Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too. And share tools we've discovered or made up. So you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's get started. To Courtney Writing Life. And this is our last podcast in the month of April, which, of course, as you guys know, has been National Poetry Month. So we have been celebrating all month long. Isn't that right, (laughs) May? That is true. Been having a lot of fun doing it. Yes, so much fun. Oh my goodness. We started out the month with a an outstanding interview with a creative, Rachel Ritchie, and she just happened to bring along a poet with her, which was so (laughs) much fun. So that kind of started off right. And then uh, May shared with us five types of poetry you might not know exist. Then last week she put a challenge on me and had me write some poetry on the spot, which was a lot of fun. And now today I get the privilege of chatting with an actual poet, May herself. (laughs) (laughs) excited. <laughs> <laughs> you put the smackdown on that challenge, by the way. Your, um, your poem was fabulous. I hope you share that somewhere on social media or on your blog or something because it was good stuff. I have plans. I have plans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun stuff. So today, you know, we usually start out with our creative weeks and what we've done creative throughout the week. But because this is a very special week, April 30th happens to be Poem in My Pocket Day, and so we thought that it would be fun to share with you guys what poems will be in our pockets on Thursday. <laughs> so, May, what have you got? I have a poem by Mary Oliver in her Blue Horses book, Ooh. and as well as being Poem in My Pocket Day, on poets.org, it is not only poem in my pocket day, it's also going to be um, shelter in place poetry. So they're doing a hashtag that's shelter poem along with the poem in my pocket day. So I picked a poem that I thought would be excellent for both of those things. Her poem is called What I Can Do. The television has two instruments that control it. I get confused. The washer asks me, Do you want regular or delicate? Honestly, I just want clean. Everything is like that. I won't even mention cell phones. I can turn on the light of a lamp beside my chair where a book is waiting, but that's about it. Oh, yes, and I can strike a match and make fire. Oh, I love it. I love this poem because it starts out with the poet being a little bit frustrated about all of the things that are going on that she just doesn't understand. And by the end of it, she's like, oh, I can strike a match and make fire. And it's the simple things that she does understand that, that she can take joy in that can warm her heart and others. And I also really like that the, um, the poet kind of discovered that there is power in simplicity Mm -hmm. and you know, it's always good to be scrappy. Perfect. What's your poem, Joy? <laughs> well, I will actually have two in my pocket because one of them is yours, but I'm just going to, you know, keep that one tucked away. Uh, it's one that you actually read when we did the types of poetry, the spoken word <laughs> uh, badge oh, of okay. honor. So that's one of them. Yay. But my other one that I'll read a tiny piece of is, get ready for it. A drunk man looks at a thistle. (laughs) (laughs) You knew that I was going to choose something like this, right? Okay. (laughs) And it's by Hugh McDyramid. McDyramid. Should have looked Mm. up how to say his name. Oh my goodness gracious. (laughs) Alright, so the funny thing about this is I just, I saw the title. I was looking for some other poetry. I was actually looking for Scottish poetry and Scottish poets, and I was looking to see if there was a certain type of poetry that was um, particular to Scotland. It was just something I was curious about when we were working on that episode, and I stumbled upon this one, and I just thought it was the funniest thing. Uh, So I'm going to do my best to read just a few stanzas. This is a very long poem, and I'm just gonna read a few stanzas now. I'm not very good with the Scottish brogue and all that, unfortunately, but uh, I like these few lines, so here we go. Men shift but by experience, twixt Scots there is nae difference. They canna learn, they canna move, but stick for eye to their old groove. The only race in history who, bidden in the same category, for a sturt to present of their story and deem their ignorance their glory. So there you go. (laughs) But he goes on in the poem and, you know, he gives, uh, he talks about so many famous Scots through the years. John Knox, Robert Burns, William Wallace. uh, And, you know, he's having this great philosophical look as he is apparently drunk and looking at a thistle. (laughs) So I love it. Oh, man, I love that, too, and it also works with the whole shelter-in-place thing because we all need humor at this moment, and exactly, <laughs> what a wonderful pick. I can't wait to look it up and like just dive in. I'll drop a lap. link in the show notes for you guys for where to find it, because they have it on, um, I think it's called Poetry Foundation. They have a portion of it there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we've had our laugh for the day, are you guys ready? Are you ready, May, to dive in? Yeah. And I get to ask you all sorts of questions. I'm really excited. (laughs) So first of all, tell us where your poetry has taken you. So I have poetry published in William Carey University's journal, The Indigo, and uh, I was also chosen to present on a poetry panel at the Mississippi Philological Association this year. And the poems that I presented there will be published in the Mississippi Philological Association Journal at the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. So um, I also plan on submitting this chapbook to some publications. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's that's what I have so far with poetry. <laughs> exciting. I'm so excited to see what happens with your chapbook because I've gotten the privilege of reading it and I absolutely adore it. I'm very excited for this to be out in the world for others. All right so now we're gonna rewind a little bit and I want to know if you have a first or even just an early memory of poetry and I'd love for you to share that with us and how it influenced your future in poetry. This is an interesting question. Poetry and I have been playmates for a while now probably since middle school at least that's that's probably the first time I can remember seriously writing a poem um but because it is getting close to mother's day and father's day I have two very like elementary school um encounters with poetry that I think are kind of funny so in fourth grade yeah it was fourth grade I had to memorize a poem that I had to present in front of the class and it was called when daddy carves a turkey (gasps) um yeah so that was probably the first poem that I like memorized memorized on purpose for things and so when daddy carves a turkey that was that and um then early in high school I've never really seen like my mom read poetry or anything like that, but she found this poem that she absolutely loved. And I want to say it was from like a Southern living magazine or something like that, but she loved it. I, I think she thought it was really funny. And she even, she, she made me read it and uh, she cut it out and like put it on the refrigerator and everything. And I just, <laughs> uh, i would never seen her so excited about something like that before. And so um, I memorized it. <laughs> And every once in a while, I would just like spout at random times lines from it. And um, it was pretty funny, but it was called, uh, it made her happy. So uh, it's called I'm Your Clone. I don't know who wrote it, but but <laughs> I remember that one. It's talking about like, um, it's from the daughter's perspective. And it's talking about how the mom is always telling her stuff to do. And then she notices that her mom doesn't do those things. <laughs> so, so, And both of those actually rhyme and have, like, cadences that were pretty easy to remember, but I did memorize them with uh, putting them to music. <laughs> so, oh, that's cute. So I want to know if you still know them. Like, can I come over to your house at Thanksgiving and have you recite Daddy Carves a Tur- Turkey? Yeah, for some <laughs> reason, these two poems will not get out of my mind. Absolutely not. <laughs> So how do you think, do you think that those particular things or maybe some other influences in poetry when you were younger, do you think that those kind of influenced you deciding to become a poet and to continue to write poetry and and really make that one of your things? I don't know if it was an actual conscious choice, if this makes, this is going to sound really weird, but just when I started writing things, it doesn't. I didn't really sit down ever to be like, "I'm gonna write a poem about this heartache." Like that's not how it ever happened. It just kind of like I had a pen and I had a piece of paper and I had heartache, and so it, that's how it came out. And that's been it from the beginning. I've been just that's kind of how I've dealt with feelings. And again, not a conscious choice. You just kind of sit down and, and it hurts, and so you just start writing. So, I feel like that. I wonder if that's kind of common, um, <clears throat> because it does seem like poetry is almost the the package that feelings most easily come out in. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I've heard this from other poets before too. Yeah, it's just like they kind of started with an emotion and a pen and a piece of paper, and that's just how it happened. So I don't know if we are just created with with poetic souls or if this is just a gift that you know my creator has given me so I can live a better life because honestly if I didn't process this stuff it would be you know it would it would eat me up yeah so I'm gonna we're gonna get away from the the deep stuff but we're gonna come back there and (laughs) I'm gonna ask you (laughs) who are some of your favorite poets Oh my goodness, this question is fun. Well, of course, Mary Oliver, I read from her today, and I adore Mary Oliver. Um, Amanda Linsmeyer is another one of my favorite poets. She's written a couple of poetry books now, and she's also in our Writer Moms group. Is she there? Yeah, she is. Okay. Yeah. And I found her through the Writer Moms group. There was a Twitter chat that where she was the guest, and I just kind of fell in love with, with her personality and more so her poetry. Um, Allison Chestnut is one of my favorite poets as well. She writes a lot of Southern-themed poems and has been published all over the place in journals. And just really like her. Um, Eliz- Olivia Gatwood has some really great stuff. Natasha Trethaway. Ooh, man. Yeah, Natasha Trethewey. Um, I, I have read some Ron Rash and Billy Collins that I really like. Sarah Kay, which I mentioned her in the spoken word slam poetry as one of the in the types of poems you might not know about. She's fabulous. Um, there's a lot of poets out there. Okay. So do you have a favorite style that you like to read and a favorite style that you like to write? And I'm very interested to see if they're the same or if you have differences. I actually think that they're pretty much the same. The types of poems that I read are more free-formed or small, like snippety poetry, spoken word or slam, clever rhymes. Those are the things I like to write. And those are also the things I like to read, too. So and I noticed, too, like when we did our workshop, the, the form of poetry that you wrote is very similar to the form of poetry that you read. So is that do you feel that that's the same for you? I think probably so. But, see, you are opening my eyes to other styles, and now that I'm starting to read other styles and, you know, really enjoy those, I am more open to writing (laughs) them or or giving it a shot, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But that still matches, though, because you're finding uh, something inspiring in another Mm -hmm. form, and then you're also altering your writing. Yeah. So... And that doesn't mean that you hate the stuff that you wrote before, or you you've grown out of the forms of writing that you used to read, the poetry you used to read. It just means that you're opening your your view and you know increasing your your palate. Absolutely, Okay, I love it. So <laughs> why? Um, all right, we're gonna go back deeper. All right, Kay. why do you love to write poetry? Um. I think that writing poetry is like a concentrated dose of emotion. Mm -hmm. It's really cathartic for me. I'm always surprised at how it comes out and how it shapes during revision. And it makes me feel accomplished after I write something meaningful. And it doesn't really necessarily take a lot of time. Like the first draft Mm -hmm. kind of just falls out. Revision takes time, but but the first the first part of it just kind of falls out because it's what needs to come out I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I like to write poetry. <laughs> so how do you feel <clears throat> it's different from writing prose? Like like I know it's shorter or at least the first part is a little easier maybe. Um, what are some other ways that you tend to to lean more toward the poetry side or you mm-hmm. prefer that sometimes over others? Well, my prose is generally fiction. I've not really written a lot of nonfiction prose that is directly associated with my life. Like we did write Finders Keepers, but that's more like along the professional lines when we published that one. It's a, it's talking about craft and critique partners and that sort of thing. Um, my prose is fiction, and the theme generally in the emotional character arc that – my main characters go through is connected to me, but it's veiled. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's a little different from writing poetry. Poetry is kind of like raw and bleeding and like has a direct connection to my heart and my soul, which makes it all sound kind of gooey actually. But, um, (laughs) but the point is, is that Um, The difference between prose, I don't think it's in the same, I don't think it's in the same class because poetry comes from a different creative place than my prose does. That makes perfect sense. Okay. So so do you, and this might seem like an odd question and maybe it is an odd question, but it came to me. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think in poetry as you go about your day? That is a really good question and one that I've never gotten before. So yeah, you should definitely be proud of it. There's generally at least like one line or two that crosses my mind a day. Uh, I'm generally not in the position to write it down, which sucks, but sometimes I do get to, so it just, you know, it feels like I never get to, because when you've lost that, you know, like when you get back and you're like, okay, I'm writing it down and it's gone. Um, that, that kind of stinks. Or what you write down is like some sort of knockoff version of what you originally thought. <laughs> then yeah. That kind of stinks. So, <laughs> yeah. so is, it, is it sometimes related to what's just going on around you or is it just something that kind of bubbles up or does it depend? It's generally something that um, I'm noticing around me or I'm thinking about. That's so neat. <laughs> all right. So when it comes to writing poetry, do you have a specific process or does it differ or is there just no process at all? Yeah. I actually have more of a handle on my poetry writing process than I have on anything else, which is really strange. Um, I'm trying to write fiction right now and, and like, Figuring out what my process is is really difficult. But for poetry, finishing this um, this chat book was really enlightening to like figuring out what my process is. So I have found that my first drafts have to be written on paper with a pencil, preferably. Oh, and, and the paper also has to be like blank. It can't have lines on it. Um, line paper will do in a pinch and a pen will do in a pinch, but I prefer a pencil. With blank paper, uh, and I will um, add to the first draft on that white piece of paper until I can't really see the work clearly, and then I will move to the computer. So, oh, sometimes I actually like rewrite and the entire poem on paper again before I go to the computer if I can't really see everything. Because, but all of those things are. Um, versions of revision mm-hmm. so you got your first draft on there and then you do another revision on the white piece of paper and then you do another revision by handwriting what you've written from that first piece of paper to another because not everything's going to be the same things are going to come to you and change from from place to place and then there's another revision when you get it onto the computer screen so I don't know. that's what I got for the process that's cool that makes total sense and I am with you on the. And I think we might have talked about this in last week's, like, there's just something about writing with a pen or a pencil, especially with this kind of writing, with poetry, because it is more emotional, it's more, you know, coming from your heart, and there's just something about that, having that pen or pencil in your hand, yeah? Yeah. All right, so you have spoken about grief in writing, in fact, that Mm -hmm. was what you spoke on at the uh, Philological Association, right? Um, indirectly, I, I spoke on postpartum depression, which it, you know grief is definitely intertwined in that. Definitely, for sure. So, how do you feel poetry and grief go together, and do you think one fuels the other? Um, can poetry be a, a healing bomb? The the poetry book is called Grief Like a River, and it explores different types of grief, from the small missing pieces in your life to Death of a label that you drew your sense of identity from to death of a loved one, and it also ends with hope and healing, and that's really important to me in any piece that I do. But uh, I tell you that because um, poetry can absolutely be a healing bomb when it comes to grief. When I started writing the chapbook, I didn't know what the end revelation would, would be, I had not had it yet. So, <laughs> this chapbook. Is really like a real time discovery. And so I knew the theme and I knew the structure and I knew the arc that I needed, but some of these poems had not been written yet. And for me, poetry is always a true story. So I couldn't finish it without actually mining those deep feelings and those things that I had not paid attention to or dealt with yet. So I had to really work through some personal beliefs and misbeliefs to make this chapbook happen. Honestly, though, uh, I don't know if I would have allowed myself the time or the effort that I took if I did not have this chat book as persuasion to do so. I'm not naturally a fan of inner turmoil. So if I cannot feel something like pain, <laughs> that's definitely my default. So that's, that's how our, it all came to be. A natural inclination. <laughs> <from> this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 So some people journal, and some people go to therapists, some people write poetry, some people do all of the above. <laughs> so you just have to kind of know how you process, and um, and the only way that you can know how you process is by trying things. And I love the way that everything came together in your book. I feel like there is such a beautiful flow to it, and um, I just can't wait for other people to read it, okay? Just can't stop saying that enough. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. So, other than you know the grief or the pain of going through grief, what are some other emotions that poetry tends to raise in you? Like, do you do you lean toward certain emotions um, other than those? I think that that I started writing poetry through um, really strong emotions related to sadness. So uh, I I think that that's probably like my, the easiest way to write poetry, but you can write poetry about any emotion. You can write poetry about anything even. So being drunk and looking at a thistle, being drunk and looking at a thistle (laughs) is definitely um, something we all should try. Um, But yeah, I I think what's great too is that whenever you challenge yourself to write in other ways, you you find an an unexpected sense of accomplishment and uh, contentment in that as well. So when I've been extremely happy, there have been times where I have made a point to find a way to turn that into a poem for um, and, and allow myself to create within during other emotions, you know? So if I'm feeling numb or if I'm feeling happy or if I'm feeling, I don't know, celebratory or, yeah, what are other emotions? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopeful. So you turn hope. toward hope in the end. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I never want to leave something despondent and, you know, dire. I always want to show that there is healing and that there is hope that's very that's a, that's a very big part of, of everything that I write prose poetry, I don't know grocery lists, everything. So you end up with the chocolate because I that's end with the that. Hope. <laughs> exactly So and that's also why it's, it's really important for me to share all of the poems together and that's why I chose a chat book. Instead of, you know, farming out individual poems to different journals, I did that on purpose. Yes, there are some really sad things that are happening inside of the chat book, but get to the end. Just go to the end. It's kind of like the Bible. Get to Revelation. <laughs> and I think, you know, I love that we are, we are very similar in that. Like there are certain books that I have read that are very highly acclaimed books and I don't like them. Because they don't end with any kind of hope. And I think that that's something that we do have in common, that whatever it is we're writing, we want to end with that hope. I mean, yes, you might go through some horrible things, you know, and that's life. There are rough things, but there's also hope. And so Mm -hmm. I love that we have that in common. Yeah, Yeah, me too. pretty special. (laughs) So what is, and this might be a difficult one, I don't know. Maybe it's easy. We'll see. What is your favorite poem you've ever written? And why? Put me on the spot. That's terrible. I don't so know. it's like choosing one of your children. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Here is my last question for you, and then we might okay. have a little bit more discussion or whatever. But what is your ultimate desire for your poetry? So my ultimate desire for writing poetry is to um to be a truthful expression of humanity. I never want to be melodramatic and I, I never want to exploit issues or emotions. And so it's really important, important to me that it's a truthful expression of humanity. Um I want to share my best and my worst. In hopes that others can find a kindred spirit. I know that the times that I worked up the courage to deal with something head on was when I discovered that I wasn't alone in the struggle, and that I'm not defective, and that I don't have to live with whatever I was struggling with if I didn't want to. And so if my poetry can do that for somebody and kind of not feel so alone, then that would be a really cool thing. That would be a huge push for people to look to that journal that's coming out later, because your poem in there is on postpartum depression. And I know that that's something that both of us have dealt with. And it's something that I know, that's a huge thing where you feel all alone, you feel like you're the only person in the world who's gone through that. And that is so not the truth. So yeah, I am so thankful that that poem is getting out there. Um, because I think that that's very needed. Yeah, I'm actually going to write a whole chapbook on postpartum depression, so um, th- there will be those two poems will be in there. It's become a bit of a soapbox for me, I guess, in in a strange way, just to be able to say that I've had it and I'm here and I'm doing okay and I love my kids and I'll, you know I still have a family. I still have a lot of the good things that were a part of me before and in ways on the other side of it I am even a little bit better because I learned how to be vulnerable and I learned how to ask for help and I think those are two very important things in life very hard things too two very hard things as well and I was no good at it before yeah. <laughs> so and I get better every day so all right, so let's end with, and I know that you guys have followed us for a while, maybe, or maybe this is your first episode. Either way, um, you've probably seen some links to where you can find May online, but let's go ahead and put those all out here in one place today. So share where you would love for people to connect with you and maybe to get in on the scoop on some of your, your poetry. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at May Smith Writes, and it's M-E-A Smith writes. On Facebook, I'm at May the Writer, M-E-A the Writer. On Twitter, I'm M-E-A underscore Smith. And all of these are different. I know it's terrible branding, but it's what what (laughs) I've got. (laughs) Um, And also I have my website. It's MaySmith.com. There we go. And we'll put all those in the show notes too. So if you didn't have a chance to jot them down, they'll be in there. So be sure to check those out. So is there anything else you would like to share about your poetry, or about poetry in general? Um, I would like to share that even if you've never taken a class on poetry, if you've never gone to college for poetry, if, you, um, if you've never read an article about poetry, It doesn't matter. You can pick up a pen, you have a piece of paper, and you can get your thoughts out on paper. It's really cool if you get to take a class. That's really great. Um, That's a really great benefit that you would have, but it is not necessary in order for you to get those feelings out of your head. And I think that if you have never tried to get those feelings out of your head, to put names to them, to um, to um organize those amorphous emotions that's just kind of dragging you down and making you feel heavy if you've never tried to do that now is the time guys because it's and especially in this kind of place that we are in we're so used to being strong and we're so used to being in control and now there is a virus out there that's in control and making us stay indoors and making us not be able to go to the grocery store without a mask on. Like this is, you know, we, this is the least amount of control that I think that we have had as a society in a very, very, very long time. I know in my lifetime. And if you are used to being in control and and handling all of your stuff, you are probably feeling extremely overwhelmed right now. And if you just took a moment to write down why, even if it's not in a very poetic way, it doesn't have to rhyme. You don't have to count syllables. You don't have to have structure. Just get, just write it down. Write why you are feeling the way that you're feeling. And hopefully that would give you a little bit of peace, just being able to put it on paper. If you never want anybody to see it, that's cool. You can burn it in a barrel in the backyard. No one will ever know. But there is... There is... Um, there is Something about getting it out of your brain, about putting a name to it, that you are able to combat that in a in a very real way. So true. That's a great, great challenge in itself. So I think that might actually make for a good QWERTY challenge. And we could maybe have a two-part QWERTY challenge this week. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. So do that. Yeah. And... <laughs> So get those feelings out. Get those emotions out. You might really be surprised at what ends up coming out, honestly. And then the other challenge that we have for you guys is, hey, I mean, National Poetry Month is almost over. That doesn't mean that you have to stop reading or writing poetry. Um, But like we said, April 30th is Poem in My Pocket Day. So we would challenge you to find a poem that you just love. Maybe it's funny. Maybe it's super deep and emotional, something that really um, pulled at you for for some deeper reason. Um, Or maybe it's just a poem that you remember from school or from when you were younger and it has a special place in your heart. Uh, Whatever it is, we challenge you to find that poem, print it out, fold it up, and stick it in your pocket and carry it around with you all day on April 30th. And then share with us on uh, social media. You know, tag yeah. us so that we can see your poem in your pocket. That's right. That means you gotta get out of your yoga pants and oh, put on some <laughs> Wait a second. Oh wait, no yoga pants have pockets now too, so never <clears throat> oh, mind. Yeah. Can, can. So you either have to get out of your yoga pants or put a pair on that have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I have Just pajama kidding. pants with pockets. Yeah, I'm speaking from experience. I'm kind of like pointing a finger in my own face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the bad thing is, like, I I have to point more fingers back at me because I always just wore yoga pants (laughs) and pajama pants because apparently I basically live a quarantine life before Uh, all this started. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I actually put on blue jeans today for the first time in a very long time. But they're so not the kind that have buttons, it's the kind that has elastic. <laughs> Ooh, I don't best. know. If, I don't know if it counts. It counts. <laughs> it totally counts. I call it. <laughs> so whatever you guys happen to be wearing, we hope that you include a poem on Thursday. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think Cordy Writing Life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think QWERTY Writing Life rocks ice for real, please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting qwertywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more Candid Chats for you.